Derek. It is so good to finally have you here in Michigan. Uh, we've been talking since about March uh, 2023, and we finally got you out here. You made the uh, the move to get out here and come see what was going on in here in Michigan. Um, one of the things that we had is we had a particular area where we felt there's a mother, um, maybe a baby, and possibly one or two adolescents. So uh, we went out there with you, spent about three, four days out there, rain, you know, sunshine, and uh, it didn't take long. And you found four footprints. You found the two separate, which we believe belong to the same creature, found a left and a right. And then we found two together, which is probably to another creature, maybe a smaller one. And had between, I think, a five and a six foot stride. Is that what we talked about? Yes. Yeah. And then, um, but one castable print. And uh, we've got pictures of that, video of us putting that together, you getting the fix-all together, pouring it, just showing us how to do all that. Uh, so we thank you so much for coming out here to Michigan. And, uh, yeah, we noticed you got the uh, American flag shirt on right now. And um, next year, in 2024, we're adding a podcast, and we're actually going to expand on Bigfoots of Michigan, and we're going to have another branch of it, and that's going to be called Bigfoots of America, because this year we started kind of traveling around. We went to Kentucky, we're lined up to go to Alabama in November, um, and then we already have invites to Montana, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, so um, we're going to add Bigfoots of America. And we're asking you to be a part of the team, be the Idaho chapter. And, uh, yeah, so we're really excited about that. So to match your shirt right here, right now, we have the new Bigfoots of America hat. Pretty cool. So uh, welcome aboard, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, you know, it's all been kind of accumulating to this moment um, to get your story about how you got involved with Sasquatch. You know, I, I started back with In Search Of, the $6 million man being fascinated with Sasquatch and Bigfoot. And then, um, you know, about 10 years ago, started watching some YouTube videos, getting into it. And then I was on set for a TV pilot series, and I met Aaron Young. And uh, he had such a wonderful account of his experience of, you know, kind of going eye to eye with Bigfoot in his episode. And uh, so uh, your story is actually amazing. Your initial seeing of a Sasquatch, and then you've had some other encounters as well. So that's why we're here. That's why we're sitting down right now. So uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us how you got started and, and all your encounters. Well, thank you, Brian. Uh, you know, originally it started off, uh, the, you, know, you guys don't even know this part. Uh, back in 1975, my family bought some property. Um, and in 1976, I do remember my first ride from a land far, far away. It seemed like an incredible amount of time. It's roughly about four hours away from my hometown. Uh, we got up to the woods. Uh, we drove through the woods. Uh, and we were looking at just trees. And my dad had this plan of building this cabin. Well, we would go up there at a month at a time. And... We started working on this house. Of course, I was just a kid, and and I really didn't have no job except get in trouble. <laughs> uh, and, you know, any kind of distance was uh, an incredible amount of space for me. And this time uh, on the second summer, I got a little bit too far away from home. I got probably, oh, well, probably 150 feet. Okay. And as I re still remember this, uh, I looked down at the ground, and I see, like, it almost looked like a, a fin to a to a swimmer. And I ran back to the house, and I told my dad all about this. You know, and of course, it was this, okay, okay, okay. And I still remember it was like a three-toed thing. Okay. And he come out, and uh, he dismissed it as, as not much. Well, ever since then, ever since I was just a little toehead, I've had this wonder about Bigfoot. Um, is it real? Is it not? Uh, and then, you know, life carries on, you know, and, and everyone always jokes about it. Everyone always says, hey, man, there's that monster out there. Watch out for it. Well, 
I was an adult, I was 21 years old in 95, uh, 1995. A friend and I, he picked me up one early morning and we went out to go hunting the last weekend of regular season in Idaho. Okay. Um, it was, uh, I do believe October 28, 1995. Uh, we drove probably about an hour away from my hometown, Lewiston, up into the woods and we started off at 4.30 in the morning and we got up to where we were trying to look for something more to do, like by 8 o'clock. So we did get behind a couple closed roads and we got way back in uh, to some land that was not posted. It was just state land and it was by Dorjak Reservoir. Um, and we went off and we went hunting and we made our tent, uh, our camp, and we went off uh did our own hunt. We came back, you know, and one thing that I noticed right away that where we were, there was no other hunters. If we did hear a shot, it was so far away that we were alone. Okay. We had tons of sign. We had no animals. No animals whatsoever. No. Uh, There's no birds chirping. We just couldn't even see a deer. And we were figuring, we were already back there far, far from all the pressure that's been there for the last three weeks. Uh, this last weekend, we were going to give it all we could, and we got back to where we thought we had a chance. Um, so we went off uh, that afternoon. We hunted our own different directions. We came back. Well, we decided, hey, it's getting dark. Do you feel comfortable about doing a little nighttime hunting? And we both agreed, yeah. So we went off, and, uh, you know, using the spotlight, you know, we didn't see nothing, so I guess we didn't really break no laws. Okay. Uh, we came back to camp. We, we parked. Uh, our rig was probably 80 feet from the fire. Uh, the fire was just a little ember still. So I went up there, squatted down, threw some kindle back onto the fire. And that's when this sound I'll never forget. Uh, and this is like the one thing in my whole passion, the whole career, the whole everything after this has taken place. I wish I had recorded. Okay. It was something that I've only heard once. I've never heard it ever again. And from what I understand, I have a few Nespers friends and they say that, you know, Sasquatch is real in their traditions too, in right. their culture, in their in their lands. And their Bigfoot or Sasquatch or man of the woods uh, makes multiple sounds. Okay. Uh, as chief of the woods, he's able to talk with other animals. He's there to communicate. He can lure, he can be deceptive, he can do whatever he wants to do. And that's almost exactly what I heard witnessed by my friend that was standing three feet from me. Okay. Uh, it was so loud, you know, it started off like an elk bugle, it went into whomps and wells and, 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 and coyote cries and, and chuckles and, and it ended in just this big, you know, it's just really thick and we were just staring into the dark, right past our tents. And this probably happened uh, 10 to 13 seconds. I mean, it seemed like an eternity. Uh, and then after it was none, it was just dead quiet. I had maybe a spark. I think the fire popped. It kind of got our attention. I looked at him and our jaws just did the WTF. Okay. No words come out. And I was like, hey, where's our guns? He's like, they're back in the rig. So... We more than double-timed it back to the rig, got our guns. We realized the spotlight was still plugged in. At, shined at, this, at this point, were you thinking maybe it was a bear or something? At this point, I didn't know what it was. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, did did Sasquatch pop in my head? No. I, I don't believe it did. Okay. I know that nothing like this in the woods has ever happened to me. And like I said, I started off in the woods at a very young age. Um, I worked in the woods before I was 21. I hunted, I don't know how many times, uh, ever since I was 12, you know, uh, sure. uh, I was a successful hunter. Um, I wasn't scared of nothing. I mean, everyone is bulletproof at 21. Sure. Um, but this legitimately scared me. I had, I had goosebumps. I, I got goosebumps right now, okay. just reliving it. Um, we put the spotlight up there and, that's when everything I ever known, ever was told, ever read, everything just dropped out. Uh, 
It was there. It was braced in between two trees. Okay. Uh, it did not like the light. It like that, and it was gone. Wow. So when the light was on it, you know, as soon as the light hit it, it put its arm up to kind of cover its own eyes and then just... Either that or just let go and just, I mean, it, it boom, it was, it was gone. Okay. Um, I wouldn't expect the color that I seen. Maybe the light was real bright, but to me, it was very grizz. I mean, it, if it had grizzed hair, meaning, you know, the tips were white, uh, it looked gray. Okay. Um, it looked like something I'd never seen before. Uh, and then, you know, reality just drops out. Um, something that is not supposed to be real is. Yeah. And you know where you're at. You know that you're alone. You know that where you're at because where you're at because there's no one there. Um, and then it was gone. Uh, you know, we, you know, a spotlight only goes into thick timber that far. Sure. Um, so... That goes our plans for dinner. Um, right. So we built the fire up, and of course we had our guns. Uh, we had, I think we even rearranged the rig so we could put the headlights up where we're at. Okay. Uh, you know, getting there, making camp. We never really collected that much firewood. Well, we had, we had to get wood, yeah. I mean, really, we had to go around and collect enough to get this thing going good. Um, we didn't really hear it, but as the the evening went on, you know, we would hear boom, 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 you know, I mean, something was walking there and thank God there was someone else there. Cause we could confirm. Did you hear that? Sure. And you know, to step away from the, the fire, it was, it, it was a dark night. It was cloudy. Uh, it was dry. There was no rain. There's no moon. There's no stars. So once you got past that light, I mean, everything cast a shadow. And, and it was dark. Um, and there was something walking here, there, behind us, back up here again. So you, you think it was more than one creature? Not necessarily. Uh, I just felt like something was looking at us, okay. walking around. Okay. Um, why it made those sounds to us, uh, I, I think it, it didn't, we never found it. It was never lost. Right, uh, right. I think uh, he was looking at these two weird dome tents, three-man dome tents. Uh, There's no rig around. I mean, he was just looking. Sure. Uh, and uh, we got there, and he just spoke to us uh, wow. very, very loudly. Um, we didn't communicate and all that because what we were going to say never came out. Okay. So he, he was not happy that you were there, basically. I can't say that, but I know I wasn't happy he was there. I know that. Yeah, um, it was very, very. It was, it was a fearful night. Um, we stayed up uh, probably till both of us physically outside of our tents till probably two in the morning. Okay. Um, we just decided, hey, you know, we have enough wood built up. Uh, let's build up the fires, go in our tents. Which I was really hesitant because, you know, you can't turn your head and see what's behind you when you're when you're in a tent. Right. And you know, you hear people of. They see their the hands go across the back of the tent, you know. Well, I told my friend, I go, hey, if if you gotta get out of your tent at any time of the night, because I doubt if I was gonna sleep, for sure. That you <laughs> let me know. I mean, even if I don't answer you, you let me know, because if I seen a shadow between the fire and my nylon tent, I was gonna shoot before I asked questions. Did I was just gonna, I was not gonna confirm who that was. Did you? Get a feel for how how big this thing was, how how tall, how wide. All right, we did after. I mean, it was fast. I mean, it was that fast when the light got on it. Uh, I was really. Uh, I mean, the woods moved right there. Okay. Um, and then the next morning, you know, well, basically, about six o'clock, right when I could barely see any kind of light on the horizon, I was out of my tent. Uh, uh, and I've been up getting Tom's attention, waking him up if he even did go to bed. Uh, I was getting him up because I was I was outside. I was I was making sure that fire was, was up. Uh, I don't know. It was wasn't going to save me. I know right, that. Right. Right. Uh, but it made you feel a little bit more comfortable. Uh, that morning, uh, you know, I got up to see whereabouts 
it was and you know the the same same trees you know there's probably a four foot span in between those trees and okay. he was he's just snugged in there man like that wow um just kind of leaning out over um you know there was a probably two to one slope behind her tent so you know add another 20 to 30 feet up that hill from us uh, it was pretty dang close um so probably within 110 feet from the spotlight to him that's what we seen okay. and it was it was real fast and so from there like i said it was too dry uh there wasn't any evidence but during that night we hear like this it wasn't limbs something but what i discovered we would come up to like alder brush or even like the limbs, green limbs on white fir trees uh-huh. where they were just something grabbed them. Just like if you tie it to a drive line and it just started twisting it. Wow. And the wood would fabricate. And I do believe that's what I was hearing was, I mean, whatever it was, it was not normal. It, I mean, I guess it was natural, but I never heard that before out in the woods either. Sure. Uh, so being the fact it was dry and it was noisy, it was noisy. He was, you can only be so quiet at night and when it's dry. So that morning we did stay together and we did hunt together. Uh, I know when I would stop cause I thought I'd seen something. My friend, he would bump right back into me. I was okay. like, it's like, man, what are you doing? He's like, I'm looking that way. Right, and, right. And it's like, so, yeah, yeah. Your behavior has been changed a little bit. Uh, yeah, both of us been altered for sure. Uh, so we never really went that far. We just—I mean, there's still there's nothing. It was cold. It was dry. I was burnt. I was tired. Uh, we probably went no more than a half an hour out, and we came back together. Cool. Uh, we got our stuff back in the rig. Uh, I never looked back. I've never been back there ever since. And uh, so who do you tell? I mean, uh, you're both still just in awe. Yeah. I mean, even as much as what just happened, the ride was kind of quiet on the way home. Uh, Then, you know, we would talk about it. Of course, when you get home, you you tell your parents about it. Uh, But really, it's like, is this another story? Right. So I kind of held on to that for a while. And you'd only, you know... I said a few things to a few people until, you know, you get the first something that was from someone very ignorant that has no idea. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And uh, so you just kind of quiet down about that. Um, So I went back to uh, school, back to college uh, in 96. Okay. So about a year later, uh, where I had access to the Internet now. Uh, I did a little bit of networking. I, I looked up into the BFRO. I, I compared stories. And, and uh, one thing I noticed about that, you know, you always knew that I think they do a little bit better job now by who puts what on there. Okay. Uh, but there's a lot of hocus pocus uh, people making the stupid comments about this and that. Yeah, but I, I found a few people that, you know, you knew what they were living through because as a writer, they were writing something, ensuring the reader that you know they are familiar with the woods they do go hunting they've been doing it for many years and what they've seen was not explainable right uh and they're a different person because of that yeah uh they don't ever care to go back to that place um so i kind of held on to that and i i kind of bounced in and out of it and then finally um i I quit a good job and uh i just kind of funded my own expedition looking for my own answers uh so it kind of took me off into the West Coast, uh, uh, over by Malala and Estacada, and uh, up by Mossy Rock, over the Cascades, Eatonville, ended up in Walla Walla, uh, and uh, what a trip, you know, it was probably about a week long. Um, I think I had the stats written down once, uh, about 1,800 miles, met a lot of people. Wow. Uh, uh, I, I came back more intelligent. I, you know, I came back not witnessing another one. Uh, okay. And, but now I had a network of people uh, that I could keep track of. Uh, some people have changed since their experience. Uh, but some people who haven't really had an experience knew more than most. Okay. 
just because who they're affiliated with. So, and furthermore, the person I knew the most was lived closest to me. So I would, I would frequent with him and we would go, uh, out into the blue mountains. And, uh, most of all, you know, what made me different from other people is I was still looking, I was still on the hunt. Okay. Still wanting to see it again. I still wanted to have answers to my questions. Right. And, you know, someone can tell me, show me, now I know what more to look for. Yeah, well, well speaking of tangible evidence, um, you said this to me a couple of months ago. I um, did. Yeah, why don't you give me a little bit of history on this and uh, what it's all about. Right over there, we have the print, like right now we're in the, the bomb camper, you know, not too far from uh, where we pulled that print over there out of the soil. And uh, excited to show the folks at home what that one looks like. But you originally uh, sent this one to me. So, yeah, give me a little bit of history on this one. Well, this is uh, taken in Oregon. Uh, and since then, I've made a, a latex mold of it. Okay. Uh, to where I can make a copy. Uh, I don't make very many copies. I know exactly how many this one is. Awesome. And uh, you're about number five. Okay. I'll take that number. And, uh, you know, people who I, I care about the most have one. Uh, my mom, my dad, uh, a couple other significant others, and uh, myself. Okay. Uh, but I have the ability to produce them. But I know the latex is getting old. I know there's not many more that I can probably make from it. Okay. Uh, it still has some detail, thermal ridge lines, uh, some grass, stuff like that. Uh, but it's, uh, it's getting worn thin. I feel like this is the average size of, okay. of an adult. Okay. Of an adult, of an adult Sasquatch. Yes. Um, that is the average size. Yes. Okay. I mean, uh, and I do, uh, since, since I've been in this researching, uh, from the West coast to, don't take this, but Back east, I guess. Yeah. Not not here, but just in, in the west. The more further west I go, the smaller the prints get. The okay. more wider they get, the more bulkier they are. Okay. Uh, and I kind of, I don't know, I, I kind of affiliate that with uh, water, uh, vegetation, soil, okay. uh, food. Uh, you know, the things that the west coast, I mean, look at our Kodiak bears. Uh, they're a coastal bear. They're, they're a grizzly bear. Yeah. Uh, they are very large. Uh, so, oh, so you're saying the farther west you go, the larger they get. That's what I see. Okay. And, well, and that's what I've heard too. Yeah. You know? Uh, due to the fact that there's more food. Okay. There's, uh, more time to grow. Um, there's just, uh, the vegetation and I think that, you know, they're opportunistic. They, they will eat what they can. Okay. So you go where it's drier, the soil's not as good, less food, uh, different diet. Uh, sure. the foot just shrinks. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe they don't get over eight feet tall once you get deep in the West. And, and that's a good point. Um, I was with Aaron Spencer uh, not too long ago, Chippewa Indian um, from here in Michigan. And, uh, you know, Aaron kind of shed some insight about, yeah, I mean, around here in Michigan, you know, they're even dumpster diving, you know, to get their food. Yeah. So, uh and it makes a lot of sense. I, I believe it. And, you know, when you get to that size, I'm not eight foot. I'm not six or 800 pounds. But, you know, I, I'm six foot, 200 pounds. I know I can eat quite a bit. Right. I know if I work, I have to eat. Okay. Uh, I know I can sweat. You know, uh, I I don't believe these have the ability to sweat. Uh, I think they're uh, more on the animal side, animal kingdom, to where maybe they have glands to where these smells that people think they or report that they smell the sulfur smell or yeah, the, the I, wet dog smell it could be a controlled smell from a gland uh just so like, like a skunk it like can, it can skunk, release yes. it when it wants to yes. or okay interesting and you know if they do release that smell if your dog ever been sprayed by a skunk you know whenever he gets wet for months to come he smells a little bit different from just a skunk okay he does smell like a rotten dog, and he does smell like a rotten skunk when he gets wet. Uh, right. uh, I just had to go through one of those this past summer. And, you know, they, they don't even start smelling like a skunk for probably a week later. 
Okay. And, but still, when they get wet, they got that residual smell and whatever other smells that they picked up. Sure. And if they are diving into carrion, that's pretty, that's pretty gnarly. That's some good rot. Awesome. And they're going to carry that smell. And, of course, when it gets hot, when it gets warm, when they get wet, uh, it's just going to be gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have not ever smelled Sasquatch. Okay. Okay. We went to some pretty interesting places. Like, I didn't even realize were there that you found. You know, we, we got a nice video of a buck just kind of bedded down looking around he didn't even know we were there you're doing a good job oh yeah yeah we were in some ravines i didn't even know we're there you know you took us down and then that's where we found that print over there and uh you're like yeah these things they can if they're moving in and out of places if they're nocturnal they're coming and going um i had so many people they're not around here or they're not in michigan or they're barely in michigan they are in more places than you think. Because where we were was actually a secluded plot, a forest. Um, I don't know, what do you think? Five by five, you know, five square miles, ten square miles? Well, what I, what I see is the whole drainage. It's almost like a, it's, a, it's a path. Okay. If you can get in that path, you feel safe in that path. These are the things that I look for. If you feel safe, you have escape routes, if you have the ability to collect food, if you're by water. These are all survival instincts that I take into account. It's the same thing if I'm trying to find whatever's there. I got to think like them. I have to, like, think as an animal. Sure. Uh, you know, I won't stay on that trail. I will be off that trail, past the brush, where I'm in the timber, where I can see through all that. And I can see any of my potential prey or potential harm yeah and i loved it because the aspect of where you found these footprints because i hadn't told you prior where we found our footprints you know a few months ago i just kind of let you go at it and then you found the footprints in that same general area just in more secluded spots so yeah you you were quite amazing and definitely tipped my hat to you and i wish you could move here to michigan <laughs> so we could search more together no but, uh, you gotta you gotta, you gotta come out west okay yeah, i'm yeah. coming yeah yeah i've got the invite to montana yep. by the blackfeet indian we're gonna get out there we're gonna visit kevin true in colorado oh, springs kevin. yeah yeah porcupine bigfoots yes um, so we're going to hit his location where he had his eyewitness sighting of a mother and an adolescent, you know, and they were dealing with a porcupine. They had pulled out of a, a tree. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to do all that. So I'm excited to get out there. Um, oh, let's get back to some of your stories, your encounters. What were some of the other encounters? Oh, man. Well, uh, you know, there's a time where I was uh, up in the Blue Mountains on the west side. Okay. Um I was kind of told, you know, hey, go look around here. So I did. Uh, I was by myself, uh, my dog and I, uh, which I, I trust very, very dearly. Uh, and God bless her soul. She's gone now. Aww. But, uh, uh, you know, I went as far as I could go in two-wheel drive. And from there, I go, well, that's it. You know, there is really nothing around. There is logging from that winter. Uh, so there's a lot of debris and whatnot. And basically, I just uh, got suited up and I took a contour road that was going around the ridges and, and going into the draws and coming out still on the contour. So basically where I parked, I had a level walk. Okay. So you really can't beat that, uh, especially when you're out, you know, first time, new lands. It, it's good to not go so deep. Kind of okay. get familiar with your territory before you have to get lost. Sure, or baby steps. Count on a cell phone 25 years ago to save your ass and uh, <laughs> that might not happen right uh so you know it's springtime and that's another good choice of uh ideas to keep in mind you know if you're gonna go out there if you're gonna look for these things you gotta figure out hey where's the snow line at uh where's the possible food at is it a winter habitat uh what has gone there it maybe been taken by another predator but the easy carrying uh and if you're big, you don't want things really hard on your on your body. I mean, bigger bigger things take more energy. Um, you know, as far as being out of the tree line, being all the way away from food, way up in the Himalayas at 26,000 feet, 
walking across a snowfield. I mean, I mean, we do some weird things as humans too. Sure. But uh, I, I try to take in perspective of where my instincts will want to take me, my survival instincts. Okay. Uh, things I'm going to need, uh, things that I'm going to want along the way. Uh, and so you, you pick these environments to where stuff's happening. Right. So I knew that there's still snow in the shady spots. So I was walking down a road and wow, here's like some, some ice prints in the mud all by themselves. And yeah, they are heel over toe. And as they got closer to the snow, probably three feet of snow because of the shade tree. Right. Uh, they went from just like, like an old boot print, but no kind of distinguishable marks to what, to what, to wow. Uh, before the snow, before it started accumulating snow, there was toes. So I don't know how many Sorrel boots have toes sticking out externally, but right. these were having toes. And you can see where heel over toe. You know, the shadow, the, the snow was probably three feet deep. You could look down in there, and it was a hard, hard-packed print. Okay. And just the opposite on the other side, just the same, uh, the same side I just walked in from, as it walked out, Boom, here's their ice print. Here's the ice print with toes. It's still wow. heel over toe. And then it just fades into mud. And, uh, you know, you may have some distance. You may have another tree uh, with some more shade. I mean, it, it was it was cool now. It's like, now your alert's up. You are highly aware of everything. Uh, you know you're not the only one there. You know you're not alone. Yeah. Uh, so you keep on going. And you know whatever road goes contour to a hill you're gonna run into more snow because you're gonna come to that draw and when i got to that draw uh there were another full-size print that their track that, that picked up with it wow. and some other ones uh the smaller ones were harder to distinguish uh but the only way you could tell is the heel over toe and they kind of had like this they had this fun in this snowy part and thinking of you know the snow, I mean, it was kind of a miserable, kind of dreary, kind of drizzly afternoon. But in that draw with the cold snow all throughout it, it just still will channel that cold air down. Okay. If I was a big beast, hey, that'd be a great time to sit down. And that's exactly what I had. I had a body print in the snowbank. You can see the back of its legs. You see where the heels were. You can see where the arms sat. Wow. Uh, the butt, uh, you know, and it was probably fairly wide. Okay. Uh, it was wider than any kind of bigger person would ever travel that far into and sit down. Wow. Uh, you know, the type of weather, you know, weather can always change uh, just from 100 yards. You know, you could be in the sun, the sun, snow is melting, you could be in the draw, where it's still 38 degrees and sure. nothing's really moving. Uh, I would figure that these prints were the whole excitement that was there was maybe a day, two days old. Okay. Uh, just okay. from the amount of melt and how much things have maybe melted out some. I know there was a lot of, you know, fallen needles. There wasn't a lot of debris on top of snow. Uh, you really couldn't tell from any kind of mosses or whatever lichen that have fallen out of the tree that if there's hair, but you know, back in uh, one of the old books of Bigfoot, uh, there's a paperback book. Uh, I think it was the John Green books. Okay. Uh, they have a picture of supposedly the first ever gorilla shot back in Africa. And these big proud British guys, they had this thing propped up, you know, like this. Uh. And looking at it, just how they had it positioned, you could have laid that same thing right back into the snow and it would have covered exactly almost what I seen. Wow. So, you know, I did call my friend. Uh, he did bring a witness. You know, he was thinking I had tracks in the mud. Well, no, he was surprised that I had tracks in the snow. Uh, he's seen the, uh, the toes and that's when he just kind of whipped around with the camera and just while he was talking and, and, uh, I got a phone call. It's surprising. I got a phone call on my new brand new Sprint pull-out phone. <laughs> phone with a little antenna. Right, right. Yeah, I, was, I, I felt cool, man. I wish someone could see me talking on that phone. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, 
He's like, dude, I, I think I think I fell over the Bigfoot. I'm like, what? And he's on his way back up. So, you know, I had to wait about an hour or so. He showed back up and he flipped the screen out on that on that little camera and there's definitely something there. Wow. Uh and bears were just coming out uh during that time. Uh I did not run across the bear track till the next day. Okay. And that was very, very fresh. That was, uh, you know, 100 yards from where I parked. It was walking through the snow. And it, and it was just what bears do. They roam. He wasn't on no hunt. He was just going, uh, walking around. And, you know, Blue Mountains, they have, they have pretty good-sized bears. Uh, everything there in the Blue Mountains seems like it's super-sized. Wow. And I know that's because of the moisture, the soil, and the food. And they got some pretty strict hunt laws there, too. But um, for me being there and running across the first bear track the next day, I covered a lot of ground in the two days before, and I never cut one bear track. So, you know, when bears wake up, they wake up, uh, and then they're out. Or they might just be one out there walking for miles, and uh, you, cut, you cut his track. But for the most part, what he's seen up on that hillside, if it was a bear, the bear would be not concerned about us. The okay. bear is too far away. Sure. There's no way the bear could, could hear us, could see us, could smell us. But something seen us. Something took a notice at us. Something got down. Something slid away. Wow. And yep. that was it. And you would figure, well, look, look, look where it's going to come out. It never comes out. It. I would think it, it went down and it hungered and it, stayed hidden okay. and it watched us and we had no idea for sure so that next day he came back out like i said and uh we sat back up in the same spot and uh me myself and i uh no one would go over there i would hey i i, I like doing that stuff and, and walking up to this stump you know they were guiding me to where it was you know the stump was 28 inches across inside the bark uh very very close in similarity that head fit within almost that 28 inch stump wow uh and the body was definitely twice the size of that stump oh my goodness um and due to the fact that you know the light was coming in you could enhance it you could filter it some you know go from like a, a warm setting to a cool setting uh, you could see how it had black hair uh, and when sun hits black, it, it shines, it sheens. Uh, when the sun directly hits that certain peak, you won't see nothing. It, it will be just shined out. But as the shadows come, now you see muscle. Now you see a hand. Uh, you see pecs. You see sure. uh, that cone head. Uh, you see it look and you see it look where it's going you see it looking back at us and then you see it go wow you see the legs uh, you know the the legs I mean, clearly the arms are way bigger than the legs um uh and the torso on it was, was huge yeah so the larger upper torso and uh the longer arms in proportion to the legs yeah and, and some of that could have been you know the angle of the hill to where it got down and slid out you know okay. i mean you don't see that with bears Right, right. Uh, and like I said, bears, they don't, they don't, if, if you don't scare them and get real close to them and then scare them, you know, they don't, they don't run. They could care less if you're that far away, you know. Okay. But, you know, with the zoom on this new camera of 25 years ago, sure. you know, uh, it was, uh, it was the top of the top of the line. Um, and then, you know, when we got back to his house, you know, we could, uh, we could play with it on his, uh, VHS and stuff like that. And it was amazing that, wow, this thing seen us. And this thing recognized us as a threat and it got away. Just wow. like that. So that kind of made that next night, I mean, set with me a little bit less better. I okay. Guess you could say. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I know I, hey, I, I slept in my car. You know, I, I didn't sleep in my tent that night. Okay. A little more uh, protection. Yeah, until yeah. you wake up and you lift your head up and you hit the your back of your hatch of your car. You know, you're like a little <laughs> bit of panic-strucken. Right. 
but after all that, you know, that, that was, uh, uh, I felt like, you know, heck, we got excellent evidence in the snow. We had more than one creature. We had, we had body prints. We had everything. Right. Uh, we never went any further than that because I know that road, it went out on a south facing ridge and we didn't see any snow. If we probably wouldn't have gotten no more snow until who knows when the road even ran out. Sure. Uh, but it would have been a long time from that. And furthermore, I think within 30 feet, you see one go right up the hillside there, tracks. Uh, the other ones, I couldn't tell because there is so much, I would call it playtime right there in that corner. Okay. Uh, and hey, it looked good. It looked like someone sat, someone observed, bunch of horseplay, and uh, they just kind of went to different directions. Yeah. Uh, they disbanded just like that okay. and the big person that sat in the snow i tell you they didn't walk back down the road they went right back into the trees too sure so they weren't wearing snowshoes they were the same prints heel over toe cool two years ago we had a, a gentleman um track um what he believed was a, a male and a female you know we're in sandusky michigan right now so just west of here um, I believe it was in, in the Carroll area. You know, we've had multiple sightings there. We've been dealing with different episodes there, different eyewitnesses there this, this whole season. And, um, but this individual tracked to, you know, like you said, heel to toe, um, a pair of them all the way up to fish point. And I might take you out there tomorrow. Fish point is on the Western coast of the thumb of Michigan and it's very marshy. There's reeds for miles and just, you know, a great hunting area, but a very interesting location where there's been a handful of sightings as well. So you and I might go out there tomorrow. Um, and then you've, you've got another encounter, which is kind of my favorite. You were with a television crew or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was kind of one of those deals to where I was invited to go. So I'm like, sure, you know, th th this is great. Because remember, you know, I'm like this person that has seen Bigfoot, has witnessed Bigfoot, has seen it on camera, has seen it in person. Mm -hmm. And uh, being more progressively gone, uh, what are you doing? I'm going to go hunt for something that don't exist, you know, basically. Sure. And, you know, you, I would get ridiculed, criticism, and, and, uh, and it, that's when I was there. I don't know what the hell was said when I was gone. Right, right. But I didn't have to worry about that because my, my idea was, you know, I can see I can see something that's real. I don't know how or why. Or, I'm hunting for it. Yeah. I mean, if you don't look at what you're stepping on, you, you, you never know what you're going to step on. Mm-hmm. If you don't look in the sky, how do you know there's going to be stars there? It's just, you got to look. Yeah, it's a different perspective. You've seen this thing, and I don't know what the percentage of the population is anymore, um, but there are still a ton of naysayers. I, I told you this before. I block and delete at least one person a week, you know, off the site who's, uh, you know, ridiculing one of my members or whatever. But, yeah, I, I'm not putting up with it because they're real. You know, I've never seen one myself, but I know you, and now I know multiple people who have had an encounter that has changed their life. So, so yeah, you get ridiculed, but, but you now you're just like, you know what, you guys are idiots, man. And you but, move on. You know, I also know that there's people, you know, say that there's 75% of people who claim they've seen them. Uh, what type of people are they? Are they legit people? Well... Cut that in half. Sure. Uh, do they know what they're looking at? Trim another 20% off. Oh, good point. Good point. Uh, uh, are they saying this because they want to be famous, you know? Right. Deduct another 10%. Now, you, now you're getting down in the low 30%. But how many people have seen something that have the clout, have the job, have the family. Maybe they're a police officer. Maybe they're someone important. Maybe they're a deacon to a church. Maybe there's somebody that they're going to have to hold on to that fact for the rest of their life. They have right. no one to tell. They got too much at risk to run their mouth, to uh, come out in public. Oh, oh, sure. I've seen something that doesn't exist. Well, then you're laying, uh, you know, named crazy and you're whatever else. 
Well, you know, a lot of these people that I found out uh, through secret funds of some way or another, they will chip money into the research. Okay. They'll be an, an you know anonymous donator. Okay. Uh, which is, I mean, I got I have to respect that. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I if I had a position that I had to protect. I would probably do that too. Okay. Uh, you know, you wouldn't want to run for president seeing Bigfoot. All right. <laughs> but you might be better off right now if, if, if you did, you know, <laughs> right. who knows? I mean, 81 million votes, you know, believe in Bigfoot. All right. So, so, uh, add back to that, uh, production, you know, I was, there were a few uh, different productions there and, and I always wanted to go with one and I got the longest straw. So I got to pick that production crew. And I went to a county that had no whatsoever history of it. Oh. So that was kind of the thing of if you win, you pick. But if whatever you get left over is what you get. Okay. So, uh, and really a Soton County is in Washington, is in the Blue Mountains. Uh, there's no history there. Not No history in any books or whatnot. I'm not saying that people haven't seen something, but these are some of these people that just don't say nothing. Right. Um, so here I am. I, I don't really know where I was going either. You know, I had a 2.0 Trumbull or a Garmin GPS, which is basically like your, I don't know, first generation Apple, Apple computer, you know? So, uh, they don't really have very many graphics on it, but I was following roads. It did that just fine. So I just, Hey, I just parked. It looked like I could hike off in the woods, pitch a tent and it, it was pretty late at night. So I did that. And of course my dog was with me and, uh, you know, all that night, you know, I could, I could hear a crick run. Uh, and I know, I, I swear I could, I could hear something creaking and popping, but the, the production guys, they, they stayed down their van or whatnot. And, uh, well, Hey, you know, first logging trucks go by, it kind of wakes you up and the dust comes off the road and you get out of your tent and, you know, the beams of light are coming through the, the forest canopy and, you know, it looks pretty cool. So I wanted to go to this source of water because I, I was thirsty. And okay. I think I could probably trust a drink out of it. And my God, there's just like this beam of light. Boom. Right on a print. I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you notice a print? I mean, they're huge, right? Right. But with such a big foot, with such a dis distribution of, of weight, you know, what does it take to actually leave a foot behind? You know, uh, it takes maybe a... I don't know. It's, it's amazing, but yeah. it does happen. Um, and so I was like, here comes my dog, man. She's running down the trail and I'm like, oh, I, I yelled at her so bad. She it took her like a couple hours just to become normal again. She thought I was going to kill her, but I didn't want her to run her out of this print because she's pretty happy to see me. So I, I got the, got the crew out there and, uh, we filmed, uh, myself casting this print, you know, and it was kind of on a bank. Okay. Um, which was difficult to cast. Uh, and I was probably saying the F-bomb way too many times. Okay. So it, it took a while, but I needed that while to, to think, man, what, what was next? So it was done. I go, so what's next? And they go, well, follow it. Okay, well, you know, uh, I'm a babysitter, so let's take you kids for a walk. So sure. Uh, from that point, I never went anything. I never went anywhere forward. Uh, I sat there and I waited. You know, and, and I go, just take a break, you know, and, and they're like, why? And I go, just take a break. And I just sat there. I observed, you know, it was like the 20th of June. I was close to 6,000 feet. The snow was disappearing. The grass is coming up. And I know when I walk through young shoots of grass, it's only a matter of time, especially a warm morning, the sun's beaming in, they're going to, the grass shoots will start to pop up. And if you just got it, just got to look, you just have to be patient. If you see something, you know, make a metal note. If you see more than one, you know, go out there and mark them. Uh, but don't walk where you're going to be needing to look more. Sure. So that's an iffy. And remember where you walk. Keep that same place so when all that stuff wants to spring up, you're not getting double sprung yourself. Right, right. So there's a couple magic uh, numbers that I have. Uh, I don't know if I should say them or not, but for you guys out there, 38 to 43 inches. Uh, that is numbers that I, I go by something I learned something I was told and something that does pay off uh, that's from the hill 
to the toe okay. on each consecutive step. That's okay. just a normal walk. Uh, I'll pull a rag tape. I'll run it out there. I will check those numbers. And I will, you know, if you go out there and you see something where something has popped up, well, look around. I mean, maybe there's some more that are still laid down. And get out in front of it and look back, all right? You'll see you'll see what you want. You'll see what you need to see. Yeah, It's there. It's maybe not deep in the ground. It may be very light foot. Uh, like I said, these are pretty soft pads uh, and small grasses. I mean, any kind of sticks, I mean, they can hold any kind of foot from going through and making any kind of mark at all. Okay. Impressive. But yep. So my numbers matched up and I reeled it back up and I go, let's go. And you know, here they were, they wanted to walk right down my only direction. So I, I had to scream at them some, you know, I had to, had to teach them, Hey, you know, I said, follow me. I means follow me. It doesn't mean yeah. follow down there. It means follow me. And I'm sorry if you have to pack that heavy camera. You know, you got a guy wearing a backpack for you, you know, tell yeah. him too to follow you and everybody will sure. follow in a straight line. Uh, so that day, uh, well, probably for the next couple hours, I was definitely um, telling stories. Uh, I was definitely pulling stuff from my butt and everything else, you know, trying to make it all work. And But deep in my mind, you know, I was, I was concentrating about what possible ways could this thing go. Because there are times, you know, hey, you run out of shoots, you know, of grass and you get into needles and you get into stuff that hasn't even generated back yet from the winter. Right. Uh, so you kind of have to pick your own your own path. I mean, that's where I put myself in the perspective of my experience in the woods where I would go. Okay. So we got to this spot where there's some giant spruce trees. It was it was shady, you know, and and the geology of the Blue Mountains is basically there. A granite pluton underneath and there's basalt that has capped it and the mountains have the granite has sprung back up has pushed the mountains up but there's still a good cap of basalt on those uh well all these spruce roots are all intertwined and down below into the roots you know you'll see three or four feet down it's just like a running creek okay okay and uh we we took a break and and all day long or that morning and Start of the afternoon, my dog, you know, she loved to point. She loved to point out everything, like squirrels, like birds and everything else. And I learned how to trust my dog. Uh, and I know if I kept on walking, if it was just a bird, if it's just a squirrel, yeah, she's going to run. She's going to get it before I spook it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But some stuff spooked us all because, you know, there was no bird. Right. But she's so smart that, you know, that bird was down off the bank. Uh, it was far away. And how'd she know that was there? I don't know. But... This time when we were sitting there, she blew up like, ballooned up like a, I don't know, like someone stuck her paw in an electrical socket. I mean, she was boom. And there's another thing too. If I got out in front of my dog, I could look at her eyes and she'd look at me and she would slowly drag her eyes back. Okay. And if you could make a line, that's where you'd want to look. So I kept walking a little bit out in front of her and she was just, she was three-footed and just pointed. And she was not running out in front of me. She was not going to go flush this whatever this is. Wow. So I go, hey, uh, Mark, get get your camera ready. He's like, ah, oh, man, what, another effing bird? I go, just get it ready, man. Look at my dog. And as soon as he got that on his back, this thing just sprung. Uh, it. I was looking way past it. Okay. Uh, that was my, I still have that problem with a lot of things. It seems like you're looking for something, but you're not seeing what's right in front of your face. Yeah, yeah. You're looking off and here distance. I was actually looking at for things right in front of my face, but I couldn't see past my face, you know? And so this time I was looking for something that was right in front of me, you know, probably a hundred feet away. And this was all, I thought was, I mistook it for a, a big stump, but you know, I'm thinking big stump. Well, this stump was something you find on the West coast, you know, um, uh, you know, I had, I thought I had tree. I mean, I just, I was not thinking that was it. Right. And, uh, it just stood and stood at probably at two o'clock and went perpendicular from us. And every four steps, the front legs would come down. Wow. The front arms would come down <clears throat> and it did that twice. And then right about 10 o'clock, there's a, a spruce tree that wasn't in with tangled in with all the avatar trees that we had here. And, uh, it swung on that as like a, it perpetuated its momentum and it, it even made it go faster wow <clears throat> and that tree come ripping out of the ground 
Uh, so by chance he didn't go with it, but he did. He, he hit that tree and now he's, he's boom, he's gone. And you can hear him just so wow, just moving out charge, you know, let, let's go. And, uh, we got to the point where, <coughs> you know, 13 seconds of footage was filmed. Uh, I about couldn't talk. I was a little jittery. Uh, the last guy that said, uh, told me to follow it. I go, so what's next? He goes, let's go. And uh, I was, uh, you know, I wasn't permitted to show a weapon. I could have a weapon on me, but it had to been zipped up, not be able to be shown. And, you know, did I even unzip my coat? No. Uh, if it came at us, could have done some damage. Yeah, yeah. For sure. We would have been the next the next case missing in the woods because uh, okay. everything was so fast um you know five seconds man and, and it, was, it was out of our sight so and that's what i hear most sightings are they're they're fast they are quick when you have a sighting it happens mm. and then it's over and that's where your experience of what you see and not let your mind play games you got to be aware you have to go look at what you've seen you have to go face your fear you have to go see the ground you have to see whatever it was what kind of tracks it made sure uh you know in in your mind you know you have a big giant box that you put all this information and you don't forget it you know every time that you're a kid that you played in the mud and you made a track here or there and then you go back the next day you do it again and again and again sure you know you, you see that progressively adding in your mind and you know i was always wondering hey how's all this ever going to pay off yeah. Well, in, in tracking, it does because you you remember what things are like and what envir environments are like. Uh, if it's sunny, if it's cloudy, if it's rainy, uh, what exactly action did you do to make that mark? Mm -hmm. Well, it did. It, it ran down down away. It went up this hill, probably about like the hills that we were doing sure. uh, this past few days. It jumped up there and and boom, it was walking speed walking and it was looking over its shoulder and it walked it looked over its shoulder and it just walked out of sight did you get um did you get a sense for um was it a male or female i like asking the simple question I, I think male you know female uh, you know i'm, I'm size. not i'm not 50 yet uh but you know i'm starting to gray up uh his his uh his face was uh was graying up Okay. Uh, you know, he might have had. It's definitely Auburn, uh, uh, brown, reddish brown. Okay. Uh, but his uh, his beard was getting white, uh, or his mane, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and he was he was cruising. I mean, I bet. And you know, one of the cameramen, they he didn't quite make it. You know, he had a, a an accident, and uh, so that's a good reason we probably turned back to. Um, you know. I really, I, I probably couldn't feel anything below this level either. Okay. But uh, that's why when you stop and take a break, you take a leak. So uh, you sure. never know what's going to happen. And, you know, it, it surprised me. And and from that, you know, another experience. Um, so as I mentioned that, you know, when you see things, you know, you, you tell your neighbor guy that he has gone hunting his whole life. And, right. And, of course, he laughs at you too. And, and uh <laughs> You know, and, I, and I, I still have friends that, you know, are, are you know, been in war and, and, and been hunting their whole lives. And they haven't ever seen anything yet either. Uh, and maybe they weren't looking. I mean, you got to see something big. Yeah. You got to train your mind for something that's similar to a human print and supersize it by of a whole bunch. Okay. Uh, and then... Be open-minded. I mean, think out of the box. Uh, but don't dream up of things. That's for sure. So my neighbor guy, he comes back over. He's uh, He's gone now to, uh, his name is Rick. Uh, and he always has a you know, chuckle and stuff. But he liked to do a late buck season in along the same reservoir that I had my first experience in. Now, this is like eight years later, probably. Okay. Uh, and he goes, hey, hey, hey Derek, uh, just... Look at this. And uh, he had a couple of copies he got from his printer, but he also had the original photograph. And he had his boot on the mud because, you know, all these lakes, they always, you know, lower them down a whole bunch during the summer and no fall problem. for the spring runoff. So 
this particular place was flat. I mean, it's a good place to park a fiberglass boat, you know, because there was no rocks. It was just mud. And uh, he has these pictures, a couple pictures, these tracks, heel over toe, coming in and, woo, you know, they, they started slipping, kind of like how you or I would, like on some ice. Oh, right. And I know you could be big and great, an elephant, whatever. You know, everything will get stuck in the mud. I mean, nothing likes that vulnerable, uh, oh, crap experience. I'm going to maybe be stuck in the mud. Right. Uh, it slipped and skidooled, and it stepped out, slipped out, and it got back to where it was drained enough to where it had a foothold, and it walked away. Well, in that angle, here we have little feet uh, oh, wow. and this is where i first experienced what i you know little feet are you know uh little feet are just like these feet uh they're not as big as big sure uh but just as you know a cougar or a bobcat or a dog you know you can kind of tell how big they're going to get by the size of their feet their adolescent feet are already well above what they are as a juvenile okay. you know they got to grow into them uh, and I think, uh, I think that's why smaller squatches are harder to find because they don't have the weight and now they got a big fluffier foot. Oh, for sure. Uh, the, the potential for them to leave a, a mark is even less. Oh yeah. I mean the, the print we got the other day, I think, you know, that it looked like a pivoting print. If that thing had, would not have maybe put pressure on that print and pivoted maybe, we might not have got that castable print. Yeah, because there's leaves on the ground, uh, you know, and, you know, the print still may be in the mud, but they got leaves. Yeah. How would you, how would you know? Sure. Uh, just by chance, you guys have worms that are all over the place. And thank God there are some worm mounds that I, I, I noticed that squished down fresh dirt. Right, right. And, you know, I couldn't, you know, it, it was fresh. I mean, it, it was fresher than some prints. Like okay. like like the two in order right above us. Yeah. I think they were part of the same consecutive line, maybe. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, and, you know, if they got that, if that one print got there, it had to get there somehow. So, you know, I could have pulled a rag tape and I could have, but there's nothing there to spring up, you know, so we'd have been, we'd probably still sure. be there. Yeah, sure, no, no, we're fortunate what we got, you know, hey, you under know, the circumstances. You know, and I was, I was doubtful coming here, but I told you, man, hey, if it's there, I'll find it. Yeah, yeah. I love, I loved it because, you know, the first location we went to, um, you know, we went out, we were vigilant, uh, look for it, but, but no, I, I didn't see any light bulbs go off, you know, over the top of your head. But uh, we got to that second location, and you were like, yeah. So already you were like, yeah, something's going on here. Um, you were there in the nighttime as well, and you were saying you didn't hear any kind of wildlife going on, dead silent. Um, just all the conditions were there, you know, you mm -hmm. felt, and and that's where we found the prints. So. Yeah, and if, and if you walk, you know, back to the car and across the road in the fields, that's where all the game is. Yeah. And and, and why wouldn't they be right. in all the fields right there? Exactly. I mean, exactly. Uh, why uh, weren't they right there? Yeah. They're just they're just gone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a public area, but you know, they could they could easily be on the other side of the road too. For sure. I, I think they knew a predators in there and And there like, there are tracks there, you yeah. know. Uh but I never seen really mosey and deer tracks. I, I seen I seen, you know, alert tracks. I seen Stomp tracks. I've seen stuff getting through there. Right, right. Yeah, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like they were trying to make a residence. And the buck that we did see that was bedded down, you know, he had a good backdrop. Of, yeah. Uh, of a steep, a steep enough slope, I wouldn't want to go down it. Right. And there would be no way you could get down it without alerting that deer. Yeah. And then you'd have to still cross a river. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he didn't have to worry about his six, that's for sure. For sure. Yeah, so, uh, but we got him, we got him, we got him. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we got to observe him while we made noise. Sure. He was not too concerned about us. Right. Right. I mean, he was pointing in the direction that he had to be concerned about. Yeah. Well, Derek, it's been a great sit down. We have one, two days more before we uh, got to drop you off at the airport. Is there anything else you want to say? Um, yeah, I want to give a special thanks and special shout outs to the people that 
follow me and, and, the, and the people that believe in me and uh, what I'm doing. Uh, uh, major uh, special thanks to my boy, James. And uh, thank you for allowing your dad to disappear for, will be eight days. <laughs> and uh, special thanks to uh, the people I work with for, uh, you know, covering for me and uh, uh, making things match up so I could get this done. Right, and, right. I've never been out here. Uh, it's an awesome. It's 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 a nice state. Awesome, man. Well, um, I mean, shake my hand. Oh yeah. Much more in store for the both of us. I mean, individually and as a team. So very excited. So, uh, as we always say, stay tuned for more of Bigfoots of Michigan. Mm -hmm.